Uh, reading is from 2 Corinthians, um, verses 1 through 11. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God in Corinth, together with all his holy people throughout Achaia. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us, as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favour granted, granted us in answer to the prayers of many. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Jenny. Good evening, everybody. My name's Andy. I'm the curate here at St. Paul's. Um, and as Evan mentioned just earlier, we're starting this week uh, a new preaching series which is going to take us through the rest of this term and through most of the summer, uh, going through Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, or two Corinthians. And the, the title we've given this series is Treasures in Jars of Clay, which is something that Paul, who wrote this letter, has an image that he uses. And really, all through this letter, there's this real powerful, beautiful sense that God uses us in our weakness. And so really, this is an extended uh, reflection over this next term, this next summer, um, on the way God works, the way he worked through his son, Jesus, and the way he works through you and me to reach those around us. So let's pray uh, as we come to God's word tonight. God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, how we praise you, how we love you, how we long to hear from you. We thank you for your words. We thank you for this letter which has come down to us uh, in the scriptures. And I pray now, would you come and speak to us, come and comfort us and encourage us and challenge us uh, for the sake of your glory and of your world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, tonight I want to talk about comfy Christianity. And don't worry, this, this isn't going to be one of those uh, sermons. I'm not going to spend the next 20 minutes kind of beating you around the head with, you know, why aren't you, 
you know, pushing the boundaries and, you know, living a really uncomfortable life. No, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. Well, kind of indirectly. More it is. <laughs> we could all, I'm sure we could all, there's, there's more always to step out. Uh, and this world, how we know how it needs the love of God. Um, but really, what we're looking at is comfort. Comfort and Christianity that is characterized by the comfort we receive from God and share with others. So, that word comfort appears nine times in the space of five verses in the reading tonight. You might have picked that up as Jenny read just now. Let me go through it again from verse three and see if you can count all of them. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort which produces a new patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. So my question for us tonight is, how comfortable is your Christianity? Or perhaps for anyone, you might not call yourself a Christian, a follower of Jesus. How comfortable do you think Christianity is, or how comfortable do you think it should be? And I wonder, what does the word comfort make you think of or feel? I mean, for me, I immediately think of settling back into a nice soft armchair or, you know, wearing some well-fitting clothes, which uh, for a lanky guy like me is, is actually something of, it's rare and, uh, and a very beautiful moment when that does happen. Um, you know, there's this real sense of like comfort as being something that's easy, something where it's relaxed, somewhere where we're safe. And so I think when we hear that phrase, comfortable Christianity, that's, that's where I tend to go. It tends to you know, think about a kind of passive, settled, risk-averse, self-congratulatory way of following Jesus, which, if we're honest, is quite a far cry from the call that Christ gives us in the New Testament. But tonight I want to call us to comfy Christianity, a comfortable Christianity, but of a different kind, one that's characterized by the comfort that we see here, that Paul uh, explores and puts to us, receive from God so that we can give it to others. It's a little bit of context for uh, 2 Corinthians. I think we've got a slide here we go. I like to show a map when we're looking at uh, the letters uh, in the New Testament. So you can see the big red arrow is pointing to Corinth. Corinth was a, a major city in Greece. Um, and this is a place where uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul, had planted a church. Um, he had gone on there on one of his missionary journeys. Um, and people had come to faith, been baptized, and this church, this Christian community had formed. And it wasn't easy. There was a significant opposition which he faced, he and his uh, ministry team. But the church was formed there, and a real bond between Paul and that church um, came about. 
And Paul actually spent a year and a half initially kind of setting things up there along with Timothy, who gets a mention. He, he's also he's with Paul when this letter is written, and um, a guy called Silas as well before he moves on. And although this is called 2 Corinthians in our Bibles, it's actually the third or maybe even the fourth letter uh, that Paul wrote. And we've got a little timeline here. So um, the way it happened is you've got, Paul has been writing, you know, a number of letters uh, to the churches um, and to Corinth, and, you know, they've been writing back to him. Um, And basically, after uh, Paul has gone on his way from Corinth, he gets news that there's trouble. Um, There are factions. uh, People are beginning to kind of separate themselves off. Uh, different preachers or leaders in the church, and also there are some misconceptions about God and the Christian life. And so Paul writes 1 Corinthians, um, quite, it's, you know, it's written to address some of these problems. Um, that letter isn't very well received, and he talks about, in 2 Corinthians, a painful visit um, and then a tearful letter Uh, which he wrote to them, a letter of rebuke. Uh, We don't have it in the Bible. God didn't have it for us uh, in the Scriptures, but there's a reference to that in 2 Corinthians. And then here we come to 2 Corinthians, this kind of third, possibly fourth letter, uh, which Paul writes, which really expresses his deep longing, um, his reconciliation with them, his love for them. And this is the most personal of all of Paul's letters, this real deep emotion which is expressed, uh, which you know, we see even from the opening paragraphs which we're looking at tonight. And the word comfort comes from uh, the Greek. New Testament is written in, in Greek, parakaleo. I wonder, shall we say all that together? Parakaleo. Parakaleo. Well done. Excellent. I will make Greek scholars of you all yet. Um, and really, so parakaleo, word for comfort, and this is actually two words which have been jammed together. You have um, para, which means beside or alongside, to come alongside. It's where we get English words like parachute or kind of parasol. So you have a parasol, you have it kind of with you, alongside you in the sun. Or a parachute allows you to kind of travel quickly to be alongside someone. Or kind of a paratrooper gets dropped in where they're needed. So you have this idea of being aside, alongside. And then kaleo means to call, to speak to someone. So we get the English word call. So this, the idea together is to kind of call alongside, and there's the idea of encouraging, of comforting. And so I want us to perhaps hold that idea, this idea of comfort, to call alongside, really personal, um, intimate uh, way of expressing this idea of comfort as we kind of track through uh, the passage just now. And it's, it's this kind of comfort that is to characterize the life uh, lived following Jesus. And and just as we see it in the life of Paul, as he shares from his own experience, his troubles, his struggles, here in the letter, and so too for us. And I just have two simple points, really. The first is that God comforts us, and the second is that we comfort others. So first, God comforts us. 
first thing to say really is that to be a Christian, to be a follower of Jesus, is to have troubles. You know, becoming a Christian is not a ticket to a carefree life. You know, uh, no more struggles, everything's sorted, no more temptations, no more things going wrong, no more disagreements or falling out, no more sickness, no. And in fact, Jesus himself said, didn't he, in John, John 16, I've told you these things so that you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And so this is the life that Jesus calls us to, one that has peace in spite of trouble, one that is characterized by comfort that comes from God. So uh, what does Paul say in verse 8? He says, We don't want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure far beyond our ability to, to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. To be a Christian is to have troubles. And there's, here there's particularly external troubles like persecution. I mean, Paul goes on later in, in this letter to, to recount some of this. You know, he endured beatings, imprisonment, uh, attempted lynchings, shipwreck. And, you know, for those of us uh, in the UK, we don't face uh, such dangers. But, but there are, I mean, there'll be some of you here tonight for whom it's prohibited at your place of work to, to speak of Jesus or to pray. Um, or some of us will have home lives where that is difficult to do. And let's not forget that there are millions of Christians around the world for whom persecution is a real Thing for them, that their lives are in danger um, at home and in society for their beliefs. And as well as external troubles, there's also kind of internal, isn't there? Paul later in 2 Corinthians talks about his thorn in the flesh, um, you know, which can be a sense of spiritual attack. Uh, the, the devil is always looking to discourage us, to distract us. Uh, to spoil things uh, in our relationships with others and other things. And that's not to mention, you know, we live in a fallen world. Um, you know, all of us at some time or other will have health struggles, will suffer injustice, brokenheartedness, etc. And I know that some of you uh, here tonight will feel like, perhaps you feel like you're really going through the mill um, at the moment. And hearing those words from Paul just like resonates with you, you know, under great pressure, um, feeling beyond your ability to endure, you know, perhaps even reaching a place of despair. To follow Jesus is to have troubles. It's tr it was true for Paul and it's true for you and for me. But God comforts us. And how does he comfort us? Well, principally for Paul here, God comforts us by raising Jesus from the dead. This is how Paul puts it. He goes on from verse 8. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we'd received the sentence of death. But this happened 
that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. So sense here that because uh, God the Father has raised his son Jesus back to life, that means that any trial, any trouble that we can go through, that we can face, can be put in our way, you know, be it physical, be it persecution, be it spiritual attack, be it discouragement, be it challenges with health or sorrow or finances or whatever it might be, God both understands it and he has a victory over it because Jesus has been raised from the dead. And that means that uh, the troubles we face don't get the last say in our lives because Jesus is alive. And that perspective Shift changes everything, changes everything for Paul, and it can change it for us as well, those of us who trust Jesus. And so for Paul, like no matter what life threw at him, and it threw a lot at him, he knew that he could count on that comfort that God gives, that parakaleo, comfort of God, the call that comes beside us, comes near to us, to encourage us and make God's presence known to us. God comforts us. And from that place, we comfort others. Because God's comfort to us is never, it's not just for ourselves. It's not just for our own cushy life to make us feel nice and so we can just retreat into our cell. No. Uh, Here's the key verse, really. um, uh, Verse 3 and 4. Paul talks about the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. So this is true comfy Christianity in a nutshell. This is the life that Jesus calls you and me to, to be comforted by God and from that place to offer God's comfort to others. And what Paul is saying is actually a primary reason that God comforts us is so that we can be a comforter to other people with that same comfort. And so I wonder, how could the comfort you've received from God, that assurance he's raised Jesus, he has conquered even death, how can that be a comfort to those around you, those in your family, your friends, your colleagues? those you have connections with and further afield. And this actually is partly why we want to encourage sharing testimony here at the evening service. Again, Evan mentioned that and invited us to share testimony. We'd love to. We're not, putting, we're not wanting to fill up every week, but we want to have a space here where we can encourage, we can comfort one another, we can parakaleo one another with uh, those, the comfort we receive from God during the week. So I would love to hear from you if you have a testimony uh, to share. This isn't about how you came to faith necessarily, but just God moving in your life to encourage others. And it strikes me there are two ways that we can comfort others which arises um, from our passage tonight. And the first is we have to choose, we can choose to comfort choose to parakaleo. Uh, In verse 6, Paul makes this radical statement. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. 
And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. For Paul, it's like whichever way things go, you know, whether he's distressed or comforted, the thing he wants to pass on to others, his Christian brothers and sisters, is comfort. It's the same. It's, it's like whatever gets inputted, the same thing comes out. Comfort comes out. Uh, just before the service, we were, we were praying and asking God for, for pictures and words to feed into our service tonight. And one of the team had this picture of the light of Jesus, which kind of shines out. And whether it's light or it's dark, the light shines. And I, I really feel there's a, there's a similar thing going on here. Paul is allowing the light of Jesus, that comfort he received from God, to be the controlling narrative. Uh, for him, so that he can share that for others. But, you know, this requires a choice from us. We have to choose uh, this way. I don't know about you, but uh, 9 a.m. tomorrow morning when you uh, get to work, for me, that would be coming into church, and uh, we, have, we start with staff prayers. And, you know, I'm not always, by default, kind of in a great place to choose to kind of step into this paracaleto if I'm really honest. I don't know about you. you know, this is a habit. It's a discipline that we practice. It's a fruit that's grown in us by the Holy Spirit if we ask him to and allow him to. But it's more than just simply like choosing to be nice. You know, anyone can do that. But this is about choosing God's narrative for your life rather than the narrative of others or society. Uh, that would put on you to, to live a gospel-shaped life. And in doing so, you know, we'll find that we're able to comfort others with that same comfort we have received uh, from God. And the second thing, as well as choosing to comfort, is we can pray to comfort. Prayer is an instrument of comfort. This is what Paul says just at the end of our passage in verse 10. On God we have set our hope that he'll continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted to us in answer to the prayers of many. Paul was comforted by the prayers of his fellow believers. And you know, we believe that God moves powerfully through prayer. It's not, it's not just that he kind of knew they were praying and so that encouraged him, but there's something that moves when we pray uh, into situations, into other people's lives that brings, that allows God to bring his comfort. And yeah, that's why we always make time to pray when we gather together. That's why we always offer prayer ministry at our services here at St. Paul's. That's why a discipline of personal prayer for others is so important and effective. And, and prayer is another way we can exercise that parakaleo, that calling beside others for their encouragement and comfort in Jesus' name. And in a moment, we're going to have a chance with this. We're going to pray. Um, but before then, I just want to share um, a story. I want to share a story of a, a man called Horatio Spafford, uh, which is an excellent name. Um, here we go. Oh, I was hoping I could, I could hold fire on that second half, but that hasn't worked on the system. Um, yeah, okay, so the punchline is, 
he wrote uh, this beautiful hymn, um, It Is Well With My Soul, and we're actually going to sing it just now. Um, but Horatius Spafford has a, um, yeah, he has quite a story, that, um, and the hymn he wrote has quite a story. He was an American lawyer and businessman, a Christian, lived in the 19th century, as you can tell from that photo, and, you know, he, he was pretty successful from a worldly point of view. Life seemed to be going pretty well for him, pretty comfortably for him. Um, you know, he had a good job, financial security, he had a wife and five children. But in his 40s and 50s, tra- one tragedy struck after another. Um, his four-year-old son uh, died suddenly uh, of scarlet fever. And a, a year later, his family lost all their money. Uh, the money was invested in property, which uh, all burned down in the great Chicago fire. Um, and not long after, uh, his, his wife and his four young daughters were traveling from the U.S. to Britain uh, by ship, and their, the ship collided with another, uh, and all four of his remaining children died. His, his wife survived, um, but the, his, his children now all had died. And he rushed across the Atlantic to, to join um, his wife, and whilst he was sailing, whilst they were going across the, the very place where uh, the ship carrying his family had sunk, um, he wrote this hymn. And it, yeah, a beautiful hymn. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. You know, this is someone who experienced the deep, comfort of God, that, as Paul said, the father of compassion and the God of all comfort. And he's someone who, through God's grace, shared it with others. And even now, he shares it with us as we sing uh, that beautiful hymn about God's faithfulness to us, no matter what trouble we go through. Um, And this is an extraordinary story. Now, I don't share it at all to diminish any trouble that, that you or I might experience or might be going through right now. Um, but rather, I just share it to show that God loves to take our weakness, to take where things look utterly broken and defeated and make that an instrument of his grace and a place of strength. Uh, he loves to use that to bring hope and healing, not just to us, but to others as well. Um, and so... Uh, can have a time to just respond in prayer now, but I just want to ask us again, how comfortable is your Christianity, is my Christianity? Uh, how much of the comfort of God do we experience in our lives, and, and how are we comforting others from that place? I want to just call us, let's seek to live as comfortable Christians, not as ones who sit back into the armchair, but ones who really push into this this raw, real comfort of God that comes in the place of weakness and brings hope to others. To be daughters and sons of God who are characterized by his comfort. Um, So we're going to pray now. I'd like to invite you to stand. And perhaps the band wants to come up. Um, We're just going to have a time to respond uh, in prayer before we worship.
And yeah, there's, there's a couple of, I suppose, situations that are particularly on my heart tonight to pray for, uh, for you, particularly if you resonate with either of these. One is, perhaps actually if you're honest, uh, you are feeling quite overcomfortable at the moment in that cushy sense uh, in your walk with Jesus. You know, you've received that comfort of God for you, but it ha- doesn't really seem to be having much uh, of an opportunity for others, uh, especially those who know the Lord. And perhaps you're feeling, you might be feeling in a Christian bubble. Uh, you want to be stirred up again and sent out with that gospel of comfort and good news to those around you. I'm going to pray for you. Um, or secondly, perhaps you've been going through a really difficult time, really testing time, whether that's something in the short term or longer term, going back years. And perhaps with Paul, you just feel that, you know, when he says it feels beyond our ability to endure, perhaps you feel in that place. You know, that could be because of your faith, could be just something, a circumstance you're in. Um, And I just really feel long to pray for you that God would work something of Horatio Spafford in your life to turn that test into a testimony, you know, in time to be able to share hope that comes from a place of being comforted by God. To be able to say, along with Spafford, that in spite of all, it is well because of the love of God shown through Jesus. So let's pray, and you might find it helpful just to open your hands up uh, in front of you, whether uh, or not those two resonate with you. And Lord, thank you that you are God who comforts us, who calls alongside us. Thank you that you sent your son Jesus to be with us. And Lord, for any of us who are just feeling like we've lost that spark of feeling, yeah, like we are overcomfortable, would you kind of disturb us with that, that comfort that you give that, that brings hope and is meant for sharing with others? I pray you would release us to share. I pray you would anoint our mouths and our tongues to speak of you. And Lord, for, for those who are going through a really difficult time, Lord, I pray, would you make your presence closely felt right now? Would you call alongside in a deep way? And Lord, would you, in time, turn this test into testimony uh, for your glory and for the sake of others? Lord, I just want to invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and minister to us now and move amongst us and stir us up 